As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen I'm never quitting on my mission, I'ma roll with what I'm giving Got some ambition, this new edition, filling positions Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing Better watch the way you going, better go in the right direction In the moment you stressing, but you gon' be counting blessings And I know that for certain, keep on working, open curtains Haters swerving, cause they ain't ready for your final version I'm never gon' give up, give up Fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah Cause this is my road you're listening to the Tom Ficklin Show on WNHHLP 103.5 SM, your home for community radio. Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is First Friday's Real Talk. Uh, we're talking community engagement. My name is Sean Reeves. I'll be your host for today. Uh, this morning, we have our newest alder, uh, Maceo Troy Streeter. He's the alder of War 21. Good morning, alder. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. Uh, congratulations, first of all. Happy Good Friday to you. All that good stuff. Thank you. Um, so how does it feel uh, being the new Alder in New Hallville War 21? Well, I guess it feels good. I'm still getting used to it, kind of. Um, it's going by fast. More time has went by than I realized, you know, because I was voted in January, I think, 23rd or 24th. And here we are now, we're in April. Right. So time is moving. Um, so tell us a little bit about your position. Um, are you sitting on any special uh, boards and commissions for the city, like uh, public safety, anything yes. like that? Yes, I'm on the public, public safety committee, health and human services, city services and environmental policies. Public safety, health and human services, city services and environmental policies. That sounds like a lot. Yes, it is. And um, I look forward to it. Thank you. Um, so again, this morning, you know, we try to deal with real talk on our first Friday uh, segments. Uh, we're talking community engagement. Um, what's your community saying over in New Hallville right now? Well, um, the community, basically, what I have been helping people with um, right now is like blight being dumped different places. Mm -hmm. I've been having, you know, having stuff like that removed um, and, you know, people leaving the cans out, you know, after, you know, for weeks, they, they don't pull them back in. Um, you know, there haven't been anything major you know, of course, we have had a few shootings that uh, we're trying to get more police presence. We have recently got um, more police presence over what County Street building. We got the police and we're getting a guard over there to make them uh, residents over there feel more safer in their um, homes. But, um, you know, basically, um, I'm trying to do what the constituents are asking for and what they need. Um, I was born and raised in this war, and so uh, is. Hello, can you hear yes. me? Yes. Oh, sorry. I said you were born and raised over in that war, but we didn't hear that last piece. Sorry. Yes, yes, I said I was born and raised in the 21st Ward, so yeah, I'm still at home, and I'm looking to help my uh, community. And with that being said, um, you want to talk a little bit about the double homicide that happened over in Beaver Hills? Yes, that was a, a tragedy 
Um, you know, any, you know, any, any death or any, any shootings is a tragedy. And, you know, the Haven Police Department is doing what they can to, you know, to beef up security and be, make more, have more of a presence. We had a meeting with the chief and some other um, people, uh, you know, uh, officers that has been promoted. And so we're trying to come up with ways that they could have more police presence and, um, you know, try to combat this uh, violence. Now, I, going on in the, in the community. Uh, before the double homicide, I did have an opportunity to sit on the public hearing uh, that the chief and a lot of the officers were in um, downtown at City Hall. Uh, they have a lot of new tech and a lot of new initiatives actually taking place that should uh, bolster some of the uh, initiatives to help cure, curb and cure some of the violence in the city. Um, on top of, you know, other initiatives that they have to address uh, high risk individuals and try not to lock them up, but to provide them some alternatives. Uh, you, you sat in on that public hearing. Anything you want to talk about as far as the new tech is concerned? Well, yeah, the new tech is, is good. What, what, what I, well, what my aim is to try to get ahead of the, the shooting. So the new tech, uh, so it's not, it's not needed. We, we want to combat, you know, stop the, the shootings and the killings, you know, before they, you know, they happen. So that's why we're trying to get a hold of the youth. So we won't have these shooters yet. The new technology that they're coming out with is very good. And yes, I was at the meeting and I was highly impressed with a lot of things that they have. But my objective is I want to try to stop the shooting, stop the killings. We need to bring our youth together because a life, once you take it, it can't come back. So right. and in my opinion, there is, isn't anything out there worth killing someone over. and you know, going to jail for the rest of your life. I just feel that we have to get, we need programmings and things for the youth to do to bring them together so we can, you know, try to put a stop to this as much as possible. Yeah, so let's let's elaborate a little bit on that. You know, uh, one thing I've been focused on since the loss of my son was, um, you know, violence prevention uh, tactics and different forms of things that we can do to help uh, eradicate the situation. I believe that, you know, I don't want to try and cure it. I don't want to try and slow it down. The goal is to eradicate uh, community gun violence so that way we're not um, having death in our community uh, by that. Um, so you talked a little bit about, you know, getting ahead of it. Uh, do you have any ideas that might um, help deal with some prevention? In fact, I do. We have to try to see how these youth are getting these guns. We have to try to get ahead of that because if we stop them from getting, um, you know, these guns, I, you know, that would uh, combat and stop a lot of, of of the shootings. I feel that that's what we have to target. How are they getting them? Because they're not going to the store buying them themselves. We know that. So right. I feel that if we put a stop to how they're getting these guns. Uh, that would be a great help. Now, a lot of that falls on other government agencies taking a different uh, or more proactive approach to addressing those uh, areas of concern. Um, with that being said, you know, there's a few new bills on the table. Um, 
One is a bill called HB 6667, uh, addressing certain things like safe storage laws, uh, ghost gun accountability bill. Um, but there's also other elements in the bill that uh, I think community should know about. Um, and one of those elements is the new government, uh, the mayor's bill. They, the mayors of the cities of New Haven, Hartford, Bridgeport, and I believe Waterbury, along with the police chiefs, have tried to introduce some language uh, pertaining to uh, citizens who may have uh, been actively already committed a crime um, in that nature who are rearrested and having their bonds increased um, in a number of other elements. I can't really give you all the details right now, but um, those are some of the ways that government, uh, government agencies are trying to address uh, curbing some of the, the gun violence in our communities because they're saying it's only committed by a small percentage of individuals. How do you feel about uh, that? Well, I feel that it's, it's a cycle that's going on. Um, I'm aware of the, the mayor's meeting up at Harford at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. um, I think that anything that we can do uh, to stop it, that we should try to do. However, we have to try to see how they are getting these guns because that's the, you know, that's the main thing. Um, I'm not happy with locking these youth up behind the guns. I'm happy with preventing them from getting the guns. And so they can go on to be productive you know, to society because a lot of our kids, you know, uh, they may be misguided, misled, but if we prevent them from getting it, that's, I, I feel that's, that's the start. We have to try to prevent them from getting these guns in his hands. Because as I said before, we know that they're not going in the stores, buying these guns, purchasing them themselves. So how are they getting them? How are they getting in their hands? So more so targeting the firearm rather than the individual carrying the, the firearm, especially the youth in our communities. Right, because we know that they're not going in the stores buying them. So someone is putting these guns in these kids' hands. And I say shame on them for doing that. However, that to me will stop a lot of the uh, shootings if they don't have, if you don't have a gun, you can't shoot it. So let's let's talk about our youth environment for a minute. Um, do you think they have the necessary resources that are available or needed for them to successfully navigate through their youthful experiences right now in the city of New Haven? Well, I feel that there should be more um, things for the youth to do, and we have more programs out there for you know for them. Because as far as the gun laws and the, you know these gun laws have been for how long? So that's not preventing them from doing it. I, like I said, uh, we have to prevent or work on how are they getting them. Once When they find a gun, a youth with a gun, okay, try to trace, where, okay, where did it originate from? Was it ever reported stolen? How long has it been reported stolen? We have to, you know, combat it in areas like that. Right, so what you're saying is uh, basically, uh, we need to make sure that we're addressing it from a bottom-up approach rather than a top-down approach. There's already enough laws in place in the country to, to, to lock those perpetrators up who commit those crimes, but there isn't any push to 
uh, to ensure that uh, the per the persons that are purchasing the firearms and that are selling and distributing the firearms are being held accountable for these youth getting a lot of these guns in their hands. Correct. They're not licensed to carry and they can't purchase firearms out of any store. Correct. You know, because we, you know, we've been doing gun laws, gun laws, gun laws. And, you know, the problem still is existing. So, like I said, we have to work on and target, you know, I feel that if uh, someone is giving the youth guns, it should be harsh penalties on them. Because, as I stated, they can't buy it themselves. So someone is providing them with that. That's what we need to get cracked down on. You know, uh, the youths, of course, you know, they're, they're still young, they're still growing, and we have to be role models. We have to be examples. We have to lead by example for them. Let them know, no, that's not the, that's not the way. Don't put a gun in your hand. Put a basketball in your hand. Put a, put, put a baseball in your hand. Okay, bring them to an activity. You know, give them something to do because the idle mind is, is you know, is, is open to anything. But if you have act, you know, activities for them or, you know, different things for them to do, I feel that, you know, that is a deterrent, you know, from it. Also, we have to, you know, get out and talk to the youth. Okay, what's the problem? What are you shooting about? You know, basically, if I feel if, if, if we spend more time relating with them, we can talk, you know, because I feel that, you know, um, confabulating with them, we can find out what's going on, you know, explain to them, give them more wisdom on an issue, because, you know, if they having a, a, a bad day or about a girl, if you shoot somebody, you're going to, she's, now she's not your girl or, or his. You, he's one place, you're another place. So we have to give them wisdom and, 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 and tell them, you know, they have to, you know, take heed to what's going on. You know, we're, we're being locked up because of things that couldn't have been, you know, avoided. You know, shooting someone, what is that going to get you? Right. Um, sounds like a lot more conflict management uh, tactics need to be uh, installed inside of our community. Correct. I agree with that. Definitely. Yep, I agree with that. You know, one thing I recognize that inside of our community is that we, we actually practice a lot of deathly uh, situations and language that doesn't promote life. Like, you know, we have this this huge no snitching uh policy or belief that um that our community can do better staying in that in that atmosphere now you know uh this isn't a conversation for today but you know we, we we've had conversations around the no snitching policy what does that mean what does that look like you know what is a snitch versus what 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 is a, a community resident a person that you know um spends their time working hard to own and purchase property, you know, take care of their families and how, how, how that doesn't empower them to, to take action and ensure safety inside of their communities. Um, I'm not sure if you want to elaborate on that um, in any way. Well, um, I hear you and I do agree with the statement you're making. I, I look at it this way. With the shootings that's going on in the areas, I also yeah. feel that you know our kids need counseling. You know yes. they they you know they need counseling. They're hearing you know this shooting 
but it's saying no snitching. Okay, so what's the alternative to that? Do our kids think, okay, I'm not going to tell, but I'm going to go out and commit, commit a crime. So we have to weigh what we're telling them. You know, we have to always consider, you know, the obstacles that we're putting before them. Okay, no, don't tell. So what, what are we saying? We tell them don't tell. So in their mind, they say, okay, I'm not going to tell, but I'm going to, I'm going to uh, get vengeance. You right. Know? So um, that's that's a serious uh, uh, conversation within itself. You tell them don't tell. So they're saying, okay, I'm not going to tell, but I'm going to seek revenge. You know. So do do we want that? And is that the example that we want to set for set you know set for to them and 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 have them thinking that okay. No, I'm not going to tell anything, but I'm going to go commit crime myself. I'm going to go seek out who I feel did it. And I'm, you know, so it's like a two edged sword when you tell someone, okay, no snitching. So what, what are you actually telling them? We, we need to go, we need to go further. We have to have dialogue with them and make them understand. As I said, you know, if we talk to them, I feel that we can get to the root of what they feel the issue is and we can come up with solutions for them because the shooting and the killings is not the answer. So giving the youth a voice, a place where they, where they can actually uh, explain to us how they feel, how they recognize the situation um, as it pertains to their life, and maybe also provide us some solutions on how to help improve the situation, at least from their perspectives. Correct. Because as, as we have to realize that young adults, they think different than we think. Um, and I feel that if we communicate with them, we can, you know, reach an understanding with them. We see their point of view and see where they're coming from. So in order to rectify something, you have to know what it actually is. So once we speak with them and get them to feel comfortable and open up with us, I feel that we can help them. I, 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 I diddled that sentiment, right? So, um, I want to take a second and just talk about the Office of Violence Prevention in New Haven. I know you're a new alder. Um, they do have an Office of Violence Prevention that uh, was agreed upon by the city of New Haven. They had hired a, a director, uh, I believe his name was Ruel Parks. Um, and after three months, he's now uh, decided to resign from the office. Uh, do you have any comments or any thoughts about that? Yes, I, I, I seen in the news that he resigned and he left. Um, I'm not sure what the particulars are, why he left, but I do feel that there is a need for that. And you have to, with these positions, you have to get people that's willing to go the extra mile, well, people that, that's willing to work, you know, because a, a, a position like that, you have to be willing to go out into these streets. Some people are not comfortable doing that. And if you're not comfortable, you need not apply for the position, you know, because um, you have to look at what the title of it is. And to prevent something, you got to be out there around it. Prevention, right. Not intervention Correct. after the fact, but before right. it happened. Right. So um, do we have, do you know about all of the CVI programs or initiatives uh, within the city? I don't think I don't think I know about all of them. I am aware of some of them because you know they like I said they start them, then you know, some of them, you know, they fade off or they're not as active. So, you know. Right. Um any ideas for New Hallville for the summer? For New, for New Hallville for the summer, I feel that we need to keep our youth busy. 
We need to have programs. Um, me and myself in my ward, I'm looking to have, I want to block off the street and have a block party for the kids. Um, you know, give them hot dogs, hamburgers, and, uh, you know, the ones that's of age, have them register, you know, and, and, you know, and have them, you know, let them know that, you know, they are cared about and there's things in the community that they can do. I feel if you make them involved in things, that that's a deterrent also from being in, 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 a, in violence in the street. Okay. You know, we have to, we have to basically, you know, keep them busy. You know, when we, when we're young, you know, we don't have anything to do. We're going to do anything. So if you have, you know, a schedule of things that they need to do, you know, we have uh, things for them. I feel that that is, that is a, a deterrent from getting in the street and, you know, and being involved in violence. We have to, you know, we, we, as adults, we have to set the path for them. Definitely. So I just want to double back on, uh, you know, the topic of trauma and how do we address trauma inside of communities of color such as ours, right? It's not just a child that's traumatized, but it's the entire family. Um, there, I don't believe that there's a family inside of our community that hasn't been affected by gun violence in some shape, form or fashion. Uh, do you think we're getting enough uh, resources around trauma support services where families actually have outlets to go and kind of talk about these things with someone? I do not. I feel that there's there's always, like you said, I don't feel there's anyone in the community that haven't been touched by some type of trauma. And, you know, in, in our community, you know, it's kind of taboo to see a therapist, you know, because that's how, okay, even as a man, we're raised to, oh, you're tough. Like we fall down, we'll tell our kid, get up, don't cry. You know, so we're taught that, but there's nothing wrong with seeing the therapist. There's nothing wrong with talking your problems out, you know, and um, I just feel that there is a great need for that. And there, um, there is an, always going to be a need for it because like you said, there's always trauma and there's always issues. You know, some, even some of these kids that's going through things, we don't know how, what they were traumatized about, you know, a lot of these youth have been had their life taken. A lot of these kids seen that, you know. So you know that is a, a traumatic experience for them to go through, you know. And like I said, some of them never get you know treatment for it, never talk to anyone because you know a lot of them they're suffering in silence, you know. And so when they act out, you know, we see um, their actions, but we don't know what it is the reaction from. You know, what are they dealing with? What are they harboring in them? And that's what some of the issues is that I feel that needs to be addressed also. I feel that definitely, definitely is need more room for therapy, more room for treatment. And uh, people that have been through something needs treatment and there's nothing wrong with it. We have to stop thinking that it's taboo to get help or to speak with someone because it's not. Listen, um, you know, that's one of those areas that was pretty much very great for me for a while. Um, when I lost my son in 2011, you know, I didn't immediately seek any type of therapy. Uh, therapy for me became just me speaking out about, um, you know, the things that I seen happening in the community. But, you know, I actively have a therapist. I actually see go to my therapist twice a week, not just for that particular piece, but also for, you know, my father, my fatherhood engagement with the remaining of my children. Right. 
um, until I started really addressing my traumas from a therapeutic standpoint, I was seeing some of it, but I couldn't see the entire picture. Right now that I'm in therapy, um, I recommend therapy to all of my friends, counterparts, uh, family members, and anyone that's been touched, uh, or you know that just has issues at home. Again, one of the things that I want to stress is conflict management. You know, conflict management has has gotten me into a space where I can navigate conflict a lot better than I used to be in the past. Um, I'm not an expert yet, but I'm getting there. You know, my goal is to be a conflict management um, and conflict rec reconciliation practitioner uh, because, you know, we're, we're, we wake up with conflict every single day. Um, and it's not always, conflict is not always considered a bad thing, but, you know, we always have conflict, whether it's in the house, at work, um, out in the community, uh, what have you, but there's techniques and there's ways to make sure that uh, conflict doesn't lead to violence and doesn't lead to someone causing another um, individual harm. So uh, yeah, therapy is, is it, it used to be taboo, um, but we want to normalize uh, seeking therapy um, in communities like ours because it's a much needed engine in order for us to to get over that hump and become a lot more successful in our pursuits, um, you know, for a, a cleaner, uh, safer, and more uh, prosperous community. So, um, yes, I, 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 I totally agree. And you know, and again, you have my deepest sympathy on your loss. And I, I just feel that is very brave of you to go ahead and take the step into seek therapy and it is good for you to tell others because if you're leading by example and you're going through something and you're telling people this is helping me you know i think that a word to the wise should be sufficient people should take heed to that and you know therapy is good for anyone you know i we was raised that you know we, we're tough we don't need it we're strong however we're human so we do need it and just like if 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 we get sick we go to the doctor so, so it's basically the same thing. We've been through something, so why not get help for it? I think that it's a shame when you go through something and you don't get help for it. I think that's the bigger, the bigger uh, tragedy of the thing that you will not seek help. You know, if you get a flat tire in your car, you're not going to drive around with your car. So if you go through something tragic, why not get help for it? You know, that's, you know, that is, a very wise thing to do and i'm i definitely advocate for therapy because it it works you know definitely, definitely. so we're moving forward um is, this is an election year for the mayors correct yes um what are we doing as far as engaging the neighborhood uh, around this election year? Is there any education going on between residents uh, to to get out and vote? You know, um, one of the things that I recognize is that, you know, we have a very low voltage turnout from time to time. Um, and it's mainly due to the lack of education, I believe, and a lack of information that our community members receive about their power and ability to vote. Uh, what are your thoughts about that? I feel that um, we do have always have a low turnout 
Um, what I'm planning to do in, in, my, in my ward, I'm, I'm planning to go, you know, door to door. I want to get current email addresses because, you know, um, I like to reach them through email. And the ones that don't have email, I want to see if someone in the household has email. And, you know, because you have to stay informed, you know. Um, I also want to do, like I said, uh, voter registration and talk to people about voting, you know, is very important. You know, there was a time that we couldn't vote. So now we have it. And we, um, a lot of us, they, we don't utilize it. We don't come out and vote. So one you know, of the things, come out. one of the things that uh, I had a conversation with a few days ago with a couple of my counterparts is the fact on how do we get our younger population more engaged, more involved in, in, in the voting process. Right? How do we how do we get information to those uh, persons like myself, who is a three-time, um, you know, convicted felon, to to understand that they have voting rights? A lot of those men that are now in that position don't really understand that they do have voting rights. Those young men and women, and then also our younger generations. I don't believe they've even been given the enough information to discern the power that they have in the vote. Correct. I, um, you know, I try to educate people when I come across them and let them know, because, you know, a lot of guys, they think once they have a felony, they don't vote anymore. And I tell them that's not true. You know, I have registered several people that didn't think that they could be registered. And I feel that the information is not getting out there as it should be. Um, so, I think that that is an area that needs to be worked on. And, um, you know, I just feel that, um, you know, knowledge, knowledge is the key. We, we When you have knowledge, pass it on, spread it on to people. Definitely. You know, so I, you know, I try to tell people you know, that, that I come across, but I guess it, we can't speak of it enough, you know, because, like years ago, you know, you know, people died. You're breaking up a little bit, uh, Alder. Go ahead, Alder. Um, you can unmute yourself. Uh, we were having some technical difficulties. We didn't get a. I didn't get to catch everything that you were saying. Okay, yeah, because they have. I see that it had stopped. Um, what part did you hear? Uh, so once we started talking about, you know, uh, you starting to register individuals and giving them the ability to now become voters when they didn't know that they could register to vote. And then that's pretty much all we heard. Right. Um, you know, ask the, the knowledge along, you know, knowledge is power. So when you have knowledge, I think we should always share it because a lot of people are misinformed. You know, they don't know. Some people tell you, oh, no, I can't vote, I have a felony. Well, I say, are you, are you on parole? Are you on probation? They say, no. I say, well, you can register and you can vote. And I have registered a few people that way that thought that they couldn't. And, you know, I, and I tell them, tell their friends also. You know, if they have friends, as long as they're not on parole probation, that they can register and they can vote. So this is just a thought of mine. You know, um, I watched your campaign. Um, I was so proud of you guys um, when you were out campaigning um, to become older. You know, uh, a lot of my friends, uh, throughout the city help participate in those actions, right? 
how can we continue that level of action to talk about uh, registering individuals to vote? Um, not just within New Hallville, but throughout the city. How do we get our younger individuals more actively participating in the process? Right. I, 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 I think everyone that did come out and yes, we really hit the streets. We hit them hard. And, you know, we, you know, we really went door to door knocking and, and, and uh, registering people and, you know, speaking with them and advising them of, of, you know, about voting. But I feel that there's a need for that. And like you said, we need to do it all over the city of New Haven. You know, and not just New Haven, all states should adopt that. We should have, you know, weekends where we just go out, register people, talk to people, and, and get people involved. Sometimes people need a nudge. So you come to them, well, okay, we're doing this. We're, you know, we're having this. We're having a voter registration. Okay, can you get 10 of your friends to come out and vote? Or we can have like little contests. Who can get the most people to vote? You know, we got to engage the, the our youth that way, you know, because, you know, give, give them a contest. Okay, whoever get the most people to vote, we're going to give, we're, we're, we're going to give them something. Listen, so, so I don't even think it's that difficult. I, I went to uh, visit Honda Smith over at the shack about a week ago um, with the organization that I currently work for, Connecticut Against Gun Violence, um, in partnership with the Full Citizens Coalition, a friend of mine, James Jeter. Uh, the information that we share with those 10 youth um, inspired and empowered them in ways that I wouldn't even have believed uh, in just about an hour, hour and a half's time. Um, those children sat after the meeting and started adopting somewhat of a drafted bill or at least their concerns to talk to their legislators about um, mm. and it was something that would they related to. It was about schooling, um, being having whistles blown at them during school time like they were animals um, in the poor food that they're being served in school. So, you know, I think that once kids or any individuals given proper information that they can make good decisions for themselves. But when they're presented with information that is improper, broken, or no information at all, it's hard to make decisions. So um, how, can we, how can we get a lit drop into the hands of all citizens throughout New Haven, especially our youth population with proper information and educating them around the process of voting, what their legislators, aldermen, and city officials look like, and who they actually work for, um, and not the other way around. Um, I feel that we should start with the high schools with that. And I want to say, yes, Alder Honda Smith is doing an excellent job out there in Westfield area with the shack. And I really commend her. She's a hard worker and she has, you know, um, a great thing going on out there. And um, you know, that's ways of reaching, you know, like I said, if you have, if you build it, they'll come. If you have things for them to do, they, they're going to, you know, it should be more shacks. Why other towns, well, not other towns, other parts of the city don't have things like that for you, you know? So if they have it, they're going to participate. You went on mute. Sorry, Walter, you went on mute. And, and look at how that, and, you know, we should be able to develop more of them, you know, and that's it's an excellent way of reaching the youth. As I stated earlier, if they trust you, they're going to listen to you. 
you know, the, out there where all the Smith is at, she has trust because, you know, she's real. What you know, what you see is what you get with her. She not she's not gonna sugarcoat it. You know, she's right. real and she's doing the excellent thing out there. And she's a caring individual. I know one thing about Miss Smith, she cares about families more than anything. She cares not right. just about youth, but the entire family population. And you know, right. she is correct. And that's what all the Smith is doing out there. And like you stated, she cares and if she can help she will and that's what she's doing out there I, I think that she's doing a tremendous job out there and i just feel that there should be more sites like that set up around the city of new haven we got to put funding in for things for the kids to do you know and i think that that's how we can reach them you know you have to reach them on their level right you know and then once you have reached them and and and, and have their you know their attention lead them in the right way show them you know speak them guide them you know right listen i i think uh it's a model that should be adopted in all of our wards uh, especially our our underserved wards you know um without activities as you said without things to do um our children are in a space where they have to make decisions that um sometimes are not best for them right but if we build it they will come correct i i totally agree with that as i stated earlier and as leaders, we have to set the example. We have to lead the way. We have to show them. We have to provide them with alternative to being out there trying to shoot at somebody or trying to fight someone, you know, behind something that's not even, you know, worth it. You know, we got to lead our youth in the correct way, show them, lead by example. And um, I think that they'll come along. Right. So now, you know, we now... The summer's coming up. We have the Freddy Fixer coming up. We have our community cleanup uh, event coming up soon. Um, is there any messages that you want to leave your community with uh, for these new, the, 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 the new activities that are actually gonna be taking place in our summer months? Well, actually, not only just with Freddy Fixer, I was trying to, I'm trying to form a committee and I was contacted by another um, residents in, in our city about cleanup. I don't feel we should just want to clean up our city for a parade. We should always want to clean up our city. So um, we're working on that and um, we're uh, sending out emails of people that wants to help. I have reached out to the um, mayor's office and uh, they say that they have no problem with providing, you know, different material that we will need, you know, to help, you know, clean up. And um, I think that we have to be persistent with things, not just, okay, once a year, okay, we're going to clean an area because a parade is coming. No, let's keep our area beautified all the time. I feel that if each person is willing to spend maybe just an hour or two on a weekend or every other weekend or even once, once a month on a weekend cleaning, we go out there and clean, you know, pick up, you know, because we can, we can do this because there's strength in numbers, you know? So if one person sees somebody out there cleaning, go out there and join them. Right. So um, just to piggyback off of what you just said, because originally the Freddie Fixer Parade was not about a one day cleanup, but it was about keeping the community clean throughout the year. And that was Correct. the reward, that was the, reward uh, was the one day parade for keeping the community clean the entire season, right? Right, right. So again, 
we we have mixed messages and I think we need to really reestablish the way messaging is being done around the Freddie Fixer, the reasons why the Freddie Fixer exists and how the community can act proactively uh, reestablish its commitment to ensuring that that parade um, and everything that's done that leads up to the parade is actually um, held true to what it was originally stated to do. Correct. See, a lot of people don't know, you know, the the actual meaning like you just broke down. But that is actually true. And we need to get back. A lot of things that we have deterred and digressed from, we need to get back to them because they played a, a very important part. It was a need for it. And there's still a need. There's always going to be a need for clean. So as always, everyone should be enthused about having the area, you know, clean and, you know, have where you look look presentable you know right. so it shouldn't just be like i said you know like you said the, the, the meaning of the parade was for you know about the clean and we need to stay there you know that is something that definitely needs to be done we you know we we need to go back to okay this is the reason of that let's implement that let's bring it back full for how it's supposed to be yeah thank you uh, maybe we'll figure out, try to get the committee to present a new message during this time of the year coming up um, to reestablish that connection. Harass um, words, Alder, before we part ways for the day. I thank you for taking the time um, coming on our first Friday's Real Talk Community Engagement Conversations. Um, again, I commend you for, uh, well, let me congratulate you for becoming an alder. I commend you for the work and the dedication that you uh, actually put in. I know it's a lot of time consuming work. Um, I look working, look forward to working with you in any, in every capacity that I possibly can. Um, and again, I just want to say thank you for taking the time. Any last words? Yes, I thank you for the interview. I thank you for all your help and Yes, I, I always look forward to help. I look forward to advice. I look forward to decision-making because, okay, yes, it's not just a one-person thing. I feel that it's a community thing and we all have ideas. We all need to work together, you know, for the better. Like, I, I, I like the fact that I see, you know, the police walking the beat now in the areas. I feel that that is a deterrent, you know, to, you know, to crime also. So, like I said, everything and anything that we can do to help our youth, we need to do. Um, I'm always, like I said, I'm always open to suggestions and, you know, I, I need help with it because I don't have all the ideas, you know, I don't have all the answers, but I look forward to other people's ideas and I think it's, it's a good thing in our, uh, you know, in our, in our town to all work together because we all supposed to have the same, the same objective. We want better for our communities. We want better for our city. We want better for our kids. Right, and I'm, I'm not gonna tie you to the entire city, but how can uh, participants or residents in Ward 21 contact you? Is there uh, any okay. information that you have for them? Yes, I have, um, they could contact me at my um, email address, um, which is on my card. It's, uh, uh, what is it, CT, um, it is ward21 at newhavenct.gov. Mm -hmm. And that if that's my email address, they can email me and um I will get back to them as I stated. I um put that out there for anyone that's want to help with cleanup, um, that they can contact me and uh, let me know what dates or what hours or what time they'll be available because we're still in the process of setting it up. 
and um, we, we're going to need all the help that we can get because, you know, like I said, there's strength in numbers, and the more people there are, the more areas we can cover, you know. So um, I'm um, looking forward to the help. I'm looking forward to helping my community. I'm looking forward to helping our youth. And I thank you for the interview. Thank you, Alder. Listen, you have a wonderful day. Um, I'll be seeing you out and about inside of the community as always. And uh, I look forward to a prosperous and a, a, a definitely a safer summer for us all. All right, thank you and take care. Take care. And with that, real talk. This is Harry Drews and you're listening to WNHHLP. As I got another rhyme, another rhythm for y'all to listen. I'm never quitting on my mission. I'm going to roll with what I'm giving. Got some ambition, this new edition, filling positions. Looking at the void in myself and feeling what's missing. Better watch the way you're going. Better go in the right direction. In the moment, you stressing, but you're going to be counting blessings. And I know that for certain. Keep on working, open curtains. Haters swerving because they ain't ready for your final version. Whoa. I'm never going to give up, give up. Fall down, I just got to get up, get up, yeah. Cause this is my road, let's camera action, I'm ready to go I'm never gonna give up, give up, fall down, I just gotta get up, get up, yeah Yeah, this is my road, let's camera action, I'm ready to go Way too long, we faced them storms, now you gon' face the dawn, you waiting for I said from night to dawn, I write my wrongs, alarm, and competition with warnings, ice galore